You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to Football Ballistically Arsenal. I am Boyd Hilton. Sidekick Josh is resplendent in his Soho House style office. Hi, Josh. Boyd, great to see you. We didn't do a podcast after the Manchester City game, no. did we? No. No. But here we what's, are. What separates us yeah, from, the, from the run-of-the-mill Arsenal podcast, the other... 37 Arsenal podcasts out there that do one every, after every single match, you know, every single incident, they do a podcast. We stick to our one a week, no matter what happens. And you have to salute that. Although I apologize for not doing predictions for the Villa game. If that was what you were going to go on to. Yeah. No, I wasn't. I, before we even introduce our guest, I feel I owe him a, a huge apology because we are not as organized as we used to be Boyd. I think it's fair to say when we used to meet in person and Kings cross and, yeah. Leicester yep. Square. Where else have we recorded from? All, all sorts of strange oh, places. When near Bay at one point, I remember that Marley Bone uh, yep. back in the day. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So we used to be better organised, and there's been a couple of occasions over the last few weeks where I have asked our guest today far too late, and uh, I, I feared that he'd uh, that he might have been offended by being asked so late. And I bumped into Dan Roebuck in the media room ahead yes. of the Arsenal-Manchester yes. City game. And I apologise. And I just checked that he wasn't offended. And the proof is in the pudding by the fact that he has very kindly agreed to join us. So the voice of Arsenal is with us tonight. Well, hello, Fantastic. Josh and Boyd. And uh, I used to like to to meet you guys in town because it gave me an excuse to go out and, and have a drink and sort of press some flesh. I used to enjoy that and this mm. whole sort of Zoomified world we've got to. And I actually thought we were moving out of it, but a lot of podcasts, they're just not because obviously the costs can be slimmed right down. But I used to enjoy that. So it was quite high up on my I will leave Monday's free list just in case. But then I waited mm-hmm. And wow. waited and waited some more and uh, usually get the call at about half past four when obviously someone else is pulled out. But it's great to be here and lovely to see you in person uh, ahead of the Man City game last week. Yeah, 
By the way, by the way, to anyone, any of our guests who listen to the show, and any future guests, in fact, it's not it's not that we're resorting to you, to, to asking you at the last minute. We just always ask you at the last minute now. It's just because <laughs> Josh, I'm too busy. Josh has got like five. Every single major pundit is on his client list now. Um, he's uh, you know he's a man of immense. He's got about three different companies. He's got you know he's doing all all sorts. He's a busy man. So you know, and I've got daily deadlines and. Q and A's to host and this and the other. So yeah, we never get round to asking people in time. Apologies, massive apologies um, to all our fantastic guests, particularly you, Dan, uh, uh, voice of uh, voice of Arsenal as you are. Um, who, what, what games have you been commentating on recently? What asked? Well, all the Arsenal games as usual. Yeah. I mean, I could give you the yeah. long list of other ones if you want. No, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can give you the Any other Gent, I can give sports? you the lowdown on Ghent Karabag, which is my Europa League game on th- Europa Conference That's League what game I'm on, after. <laughs> on Thursday, if you really want, and uh, and Ajax um, uh, yesterday against uh, Sparta Rotterdam, who must be the only team uh, in professional football that still have numbers one to eleven, incidentally, and they never oh, change wow. it, even though their lineup changes. It's still one to eleven, which is quite old fashioned, which I like. But no, look, Arsenal games. They've been brilliant, haven't they, this season? And the last few in particular have been fantastic in terms of a neutral point of view for the City game as well as um, the Villa game. But yeah, the Villa game was something special, I thought, at the weekend. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, well, let, well, you, you've, as you've started, so let's carry on. Um, was the Villa game, the Villa game, like for me personally, it's wiped out. It's wiped out the massive, huge disappointment of the City game. It's like, I, I almost feel like, I mean, I mean, it's literally they've they've got a one point, you know, out of advantage, you know, in terms of those two games that as opposed to the three point advantage they accrued when we all assumed it, it would be a six point advantage that they were going to beat. What am I talking about? That they were going to beat um, Nottingham Forest on Saturday. But as it turned out, we're still ahead of them in the league. We've still got our game in hand. And it feels like the extraordinarily dramatic ending of that game and um, us beating Villa in injury time. It's just it's it's it, both the manner of it, the actual result, the three points, their their dropping of two points. It couldn't. It's like massive. It's so it's it's enormous. It's gigantic, and psychologically, particularly psychologically, I think, like for the fans and the players alike. What do you think? Well, I. Uh, across the sort of blip and the wobble, if we can call it that, or I, I thought Arsenal were playing well. This wasn't like last season or previous seasons. I thought Arsenal yeah. played really well against City. It was mistakes. Everton was a bit of an honesty. Brentford could have gone either way. But in all of those games, Arsenal had spells. Maybe not so much Everton, but Arsenal had spells. And even in the cup game against City, uh, Arsenal had spells. Four games uh, without a win. But from what I know, and it's limited, but I ask people, I say, you know, this is a classic football question. What is the mood like in the camp? And it's always, you know, positivity. This is a, you guys know, this is a different Arsenal vintage. This is a different team. This is a different feeling. And I said ahead of the Spurs away game that Arsenal win the title. And I'm sticking with that. And I don't, I, I said, even if Arsenal lose both home and away to Manchester City, Arsenal will still win the title. This is my uh, opinion. I, I'm very confident. This is a very different situation that Arsenal find themselves in and City are different. Didn't think they'd drop points against Nottingham Forest, but I think they will drop points between now and the end of the season. I think Arsenal will drop points to now the end of the season. I think it's a real fair fight, real square go. 
And I think that Arsenal will come out on top. I know City's running is uh, probably easier, but I don't think it matters as we saw at the weekend. I, I it, you know, you've alluded to it. It's like you know that 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 game against Villa sort of you know wipes out what we've seen previously. It just feels different this season, Josh. I don't know what you think. Well, I agree. I agree with you in that there were aspects of all the games recently where we have, you know, had. You know aspects and, and moments of the game or periods of the game where we where we've done okay and and even that Everton game which was hugely deflating, we quite easily could have walked away with a point and in the circumstances of Sean Dyche's arrival and you know Everton, you know being as buoyed as they as they clearly were that wouldn't have felt too bad. I mean Lee Mason has left the PGMOL on the back of what has happened. I mean, it's a, a totally nuts, isn't it? Really, in terms of just like someone didn't draw the lines. I mean, it's, it's farcical, and that's cost us two points. Um, even in the circumstances of that game, maybe we were you know fortunate. And then you're right, at City away in the cup, it was just a you know a good finish away from you know matching them. So. Um, I'll be honest, it took me until watching the highlights back of the City home game to feel a bit better about it, to realise how bad those errors were. Particularly, I, I'd be honest, I hadn't quite clocked how bad Gabriel's error was in giving the ball away, was in the uh, in the second half. So, I don't know. Uh, if nothing else, we just had to get back on track. Even if Man City had beaten Nottingham mm. Forest, we'd have all felt a lot better just for getting a win because we had a little, this little blip would have felt over. So the fact that we went there and won in the circumstances we won with Martinez scoring on goal, a late goal, and then Forrest, you know, you, you I saw the scoreline and then you see the highlights and you're like, well, the gods were with us on Saturday, you know, massively. So yeah, we're all in a very different um, mindset. But I did still see that the bookmakers have got City as still quite clear for They are. Well, not clear. I mean, I think it's 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 five to six City and eleven to ten, 10 Arsenal and, and sort of twelve to one United. But I, I just think that I, I think the disappointment with the City game is Arsenal win and win the game in hand, and it's nine points. And you start to think it's nine points, and that's the disappointment. I don't think it's the disappointment of, of losing the game per se as a one-off. It's just what what potentially now it's a scrap. Now it's in, instead of, you know, I mean, Arsenal were never going to repeat what they did in the first 19 games of the season and get over 100 points. It was never on. There's there's always going to be regression here. I just think it was, there's that, there was, but isn't that, you know, how often is, have we chatted about games against Manchester City over the last however many years and never been in the game, never had a chance in the game, never had any sort of possession, never created any sort of chances and, and were lucky to come away with next to nothing or nothing. Um, and this time around, Arsenal are absolutely coming out swinging, fair go and could easy win. This different. Did you, let me ask this though, did you, after the City game, even though you're right, it, it, I mean, I mean, we played well against them you know, a couple of times in recent years, I would yeah. say, even though in the in the league they beat us a lot, what ten of ten 11, times in a row, 11, 11, 11 yeah. times in a row. But after that game, even we played really well in the first half, you know, and and then not so well in the second half, and they sorted themselves out, and you know, etc. But I did for me as as an absolute born pessimist, <laughs> glass half empty kind of guy, particularly when it comes to my football team to Arsenal. I, I had my I had I started getting huge doubts, I have to say. And I started thinking, you know, 
oh my God, this Villa game, we're away at Unai Emery's Aston Villa. He's going to come up with some special master plan to nullify us. We're not in great form. The blip could turn into a chasm of misery, um, a, a downward spiral. So I, I definitely felt we were capable of that. I definitely felt like, you know, even though we played, bearing in mind how brilliantly we played and all of that, I still feel, I felt anyway, up until the final five minutes of that Villa game, or in fact, up until the point where we'd come back twice from going behind, I have to say, um, that we're still capable of a semi-collapse, you know. Did you, do you, did you not think of that? Is your, is your analysis that the team has changed so much both mentally and in, in in actual performances, that that can just cannot happen. That we're going to be there or thereabouts up there competing with Man City right to the end. Yeah, I, I think and so. Then- I think I think yeah, the, the mentality has changed. Uh, you know, the the squad has changed. The eleven that that Mikel Arteta puts out, you know, first choice eleven. The way that the tactically and the way that they have been coached are as good as anything in the Premier League. You know, you can talk about Man City's squad depth. You can talk about what Harlem brings. But I think that Arsenal's 11 is a sensational 11. And, and they know exactly what they are meant to be doing. Every single part of that team, how it all works. Tactically, you know, th- th- there's no pep moments. There's no Bernardo Silva at left back. There's, there's you know, there's no Eddie and Ketcher at centre half here. You know, there is, there, there, there's, there, there's a significant proper game plan he got the first part of the season so well in terms of you know the way that he managed the squad. It's going to be interesting when when Europa League comes up and it's such a bo- uh, boost to win the group, so you don't get in the playoff round. So it's going to be interesting there, um, and obviously injuries might kick in a little bit. But it, I, I just think there's a huge mentality shift, and you can sort of sense it in the Villa game. I thought you sensed it right at the end. You know, it's it, Arsenal deserve to win the game. Um, a little bit fortunate oh, yeah. about. About about the goal, but Arsenal thoroughly deserved to win that game all day. I hundred percent agree. But Josh, you know what I mean. I think like, like one specific example for me of, of doubts that I was starting to have is Eddie Eddie Nketiah. Now I'm not I'm not you know I'm not singling him out. I'm not trying to be um, unfair, but I do feel like re- his recent games he's had quite a lot of chances that he's either snatched at or headed wildly over or. You know, he hasn't even got on, got these shots on target. And I feel like that difference between him and, you know, Haaland, for example, in the City game was so massive. And it was so like, well, yeah, they've got one of the most expensive players in the world playing up front for them. We've got Eddie Nketiah, you know, who's who's basically covering for Gabriel Jesus as well, who's first choice. And I just felt those things could come home to roost. If he's, you know, it's like he did brilliantly to start with in, in this period where he's where he's been covering for 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 Gabriel but I felt like possibly the real his limitations you know his finishing and the consistency of his finishing and I was starting to have those doubts about him is that unfair is that fair do you see what I mean when it when it comes to him and the rest of the team well no it's not unfair because the problem in you know the recent games was was obviously goals Everton we we didn't score we we only scored one at home to uh to Brentford we didn't score away at, at Manchester City, and we only got one in the home game against Man City. So I think, you know, you are going to look at the most obvious place on the pitch, which is up front. What I think we have to say is we've we've probably got the best out of Eddie and Ketia that, that we can get since sort of late December when he was put in. The level of performance, whether there's been goals or not, is probably beyond what people anticipated to the point where when we didn't sign a striker in January, 
there wasn't quite the panic there might have been. And if Nketiah hadn't, was it was it West Ham our first game back after the World Cup? And you know, he he I think was that was that right? I think it, I think it might be. Um, where you know he did you know he did score and he's put in good performances and and gradually we got to the end of January thinking no we can we can get through this and Jesus isn't that isn't that far away. So I don't think we can point the finger too hard. There's no question, particularly the one where he went through on goal and ended up chipping it over the header, which hit the bar. I thought it, he did most of what he could with the with the opportunity. Um, but he is contributing. You know, you do see him in the game. He's, he's, he's sort of is winning free kicks, winning the ball, spreading, uh, you know, spreading the play when he when he gets the opportunity. So... I, I don't know. I think there's no question. Would we be in a better position if we had a, a ha- you know, a Harland or even a fully fit Jesus for the last, you know, six, eight weeks? But but we haven't, and we're still top of the table, and he, you know, deserves probably more praise than criticism, I would say. Here's, here's, here's some stats for you. Gabriel hmm. Jesus has played 1,219 minutes of Premier League football this season. He's got five goals from 7.7 expected goal figure. Eddie Nketch has played 961 minutes of Premier League football. He's got four Premier League goals from 7.2 expected goal metric. It's very similar. The difference is Gabriel Jesus has got five assists and Eddie's got none. But in terms of scoring goals, Gabriel Mm. Jesus has missed opportunities. He's missed chances. I'm not suggesting Eddie Nketch is as good as Gabriel Jesus. I'm saying... He's good enough at the moment. He plays the system well. I thought the way that he kept players like Ruben Diaz occupied in games against Man City was unbelievable. You just think, how can he compete? How can he be that back-to-goal striker? But he was. He was excellent. Um, Yes, he's missed chances, both against Villa and against City. A couple of headers as well. One when it was 3-1 very late on. It probably wouldn't have mattered anyway. But... I don't think he's the worst understudy at all. In fact, he's a he, he's the sort of player that if he did leave, he'd go to a mid-level club, he'd go to Aston Villa, and he'd score 27 goal, Premier League goals in a season and win the Golden Boot at an unfashionable club, without a shadow of a doubt. I'm happy to have him out. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I'm happy as well. Yeah, I'm just kind of... I guess I'm kind of arguing with myself a little bit, but because, I mean, all players are capable of... Missing really good chances. I mean, it, it, you know, Harlem missed an incredible easy chance, didn't he? In the in the against Forest, it was unbelievable. And you know, our Odegaard missed uh, missed the easiest chance I felt of the whole of all of the misses we've had recently um, against Aston Villa, and that was like a wildly awful moment. I was like, after that miss, I had to like walk around my my flat, you know, kind of barely having the having the football on in the background because I couldn't. It was so stressful. It was so stressful. Um, I was a complete mess, and I kind of was like blaming Odegaard for missing that chance. Um, but so yeah, I, I'll get to myself. I, I guess I'm using Eddie as an example of. Well, I feel we're on a knife edge constantly, and in, in, in for this season, like it was. Now. I mean, we, Villa, like, the Villa game was wild, wasn't it? I mean, it was a wild yeah. game. In the first goal it conceded was yeah, awful. No. The second wasn't much better. I I, yeah. I I listened to a podcast today, and they were talking about the fact that Arsenal aren't going to win the league because they concede too many goals. Well, I sort of get that to a certain extent, but they've still, I think, got, you know, second or third most clean sheets. And Chelsea, you've got the second best defensive record in in, in the Premier League. And, you know, they're not going to win the title, are they? Do you know what I mean? But I sort of, it was yeah. a little bit loose, I thought. Um, and, and Arsenal and generally fact, been good away. And in fact, City have let in more goals than us. Well, there uh, you go. So, what, so, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, left, their defense is even worse than us. Although, as you as you refer to, Pep does keep playing uh, no no left back or or Bernardo Silva in left back. Josh, there was this strange statistic, wasn't there? It was the first time Arsenal have come from behind at half time to win a match outside of London since December two thousand and nine. Mm. Did you see that? I saw and, that. And, yeah, and it, it is very unusual. They've got gone in behind to you know. Well, Dan knows stats as you know very very well. So to go and win a Premier League away game, especially at you know club like Villa and the way that first half had gone, it, it really was something to uh, to go and find the victory. Boyd, if you were running around when Odegaard missed, what were you doing when Jorginho slash Martinez scored? I I I, I slammed my hand on my uh, coffee table in my living room so hard I thought I'd actually in of breaking it or something it was um yeah it was incredible wasn't it? absolutely phenomenal um and we, i noticed that i mean dan will, will, will we, we are doing a lot of these corners aren't we or set pieces where we we leave a man free and get the ball straight to them very quickly and they have t- enough time to prepare to shoot from quite a way out i feel i feel like we've tried that a couple of times and he executed that phenomenally well and then to see martinez scrap the, the, the subsequent own goal header calamity was just one of the greatest moments of uh, of recent years, which was just fantastic because he had been wasting time and to an extraordinary extent, hadn't he? Like I think he was, wasn't booked until the eighty third or eighty fourth minute. Um, I thought the referee was a bit dodgy as well. There was the, there was the rolling ball moment, which which was fantastic. Um, Arteta's. Well, I hate that rule. I mean, what what is the point of that? What is I that know. rule? What's the point of it? We're stopping play for that. I mean, it is a rule, but like, come on! I, I was. Also, I, I said exactly the same thing. It's like really. But it's he like took so revol- long revolving so slowly. Does right. it matter? Right. It's like you know, take and also, throw from wherever. You know, who cares to a certain extent? Unless you're not stealing yeah. fifty yards, you can steal five. It just doesn't matter. But Dan, he let it go. It took him about five seconds. Oh, we're practically on goal, and suddenly he decides, oh yeah, that was a rolling ball. Yeah, you had to yeah. stop stop the ball for the free kick because you're they're about to score. I'll get in trouble if I've allowed this to happen. It was like it was very belated. Um, I'm a, I'll be amazed if Arteta gets it doesn't get in trouble with the for that because he was absolutely taking the piss out of it, wasn't he? <laughs> to 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 a fantastic degree. Um, but to get back to your point, Josh, Josh were you there by the way in uh, at Villa Park? I was not. No, I didn't. Ah, didn't, okay. didn't make it in the end. I'll, I'll be at Leicester on on Saturday. Right. Um, yeah, right. sorry to uh, miss what was uh, such an out- outrageously good uh, ending to a game. But bring on Leicester, and 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 it begins a run of fixtures that look okay, don't they? On, on paper, Leicester followed by Everton and, and Bournemouth at home. I mean, Dan there mentioned about you know what what if had happened against City and how the table could look, but. You know, if we can take nine out of nine here, suddenly you you you, you map you map a path where be... we can go to Man City and, and lose, and you know, still find our way to a title. So exciting times ahead. Oh, yeah, but got... I was sorry not to be there. Oh, I, I don't blame you at all. I mean, you can't. It's 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 a it's a major challenge to go to every away game. You go you go to enough compared to me anyway. Um, but Deb, before we finish talking about the, the game though, the Villa game, Dan, there was also then the, the Martinelli goal was hilarious as well. What did you make of the whole Martinez going up for the corner and brilliantly, blatantly being slagged off by his own manager Unai Emery? He was clearly furious with him. Yeah, I t- it's a strange one, isn't it? Because I remember Emmy Martinez, and I did the interview him once when he was at Arsenal as a as a as a quirky character, but a good guy. In fact, I interviewed him twice. I did a Q and A with 
the fans once with him and and after a game once. And he was a good guy, but he was a good guy. But I think he's turned into, you know, just a bit of a knob, really, isn't he, really? If, if we're honest, he's just, he's just... And look, you win the World Cup. Yeah, you win, you win the World Cup. And I guess you've got licence, you know, to... to to, you know, to be that way to a certain extent, but eventually you got to start backing up, and he meant he, he made it all about him. He he took the decision to go up for the. Cup. I mean, this this is not a cup final. This is not a semi final. This is not. I have to do this, or our team disappears into thin air. It's a league game in February. I mean, come on. I don't know. I think it's it was ridiculous. Um, and and yeah, you know that's on him. I mean, I don't know whether he's going to be at Villa next season. I mean, Unai Emery is a strange one because obviously he's taken a team and beaten Arsenal again after he's left he, because he was in charge of Villarreal, wasn't he? So I don't think he had the edge it might have had with that. And I think in that second half. He made some odd substitutions, which because I thought Douglas Luiz, who of course Arsenal were, were linked with, I thought he had a, a really good game for Villa. He took him off, and I think he was just sort of tinkering for the sake of it. And maybe he feels that he's got a bit of a free hit between now and the end of the season at Villa, and his work starts properly next year. But yeah, Martinez is uh, he's a great shot stopper. He's obviously a good character if he's in your team. He's, he's a bit of a love to hate, isn't he? If, if he's not, um, but he he doubled down on his nonsense, didn't he? Late on in that game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Martinez is an interesting one about this this corner because at first I assumed like there would be some video footage of Emery, you know, waving him back or something, and, and that doesn't exist. Emery is basically going, my goalies never do it. But it's almost like if you haven't told, you know, the goalkeeper, you know, not to go. But I presume it's one of them where Martinez, you know, has just decided for himself and uh, yeah. not looked to the I bench don't think for, it... for some oh, advice. Yeah. Ma- Exactly. But, he didn't but there even... was no time left on the clock. It wasn't like I can sort of get the anger if there were three, four minutes left and you might get another opportunity. But this was literally seemed like the last, you know, 20 seconds of a yeah. game. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. A slightly strange one. I did think there was an element of a little bit. You've, you've seen a few decisions this season where, like, when Jorginho does hit that ball, there are players in the line of vision of, of, of Martinez, particularly in Ketia. And uh, not a lot was certainly made of it sort of at, at the time, you know, and they are in an offside position and you've sort of seen one or two this season where when you have had VAR and you're given every opportunity to look at it, you know, I almost think if if Martinez doesn't dive and starts pointing at Nketia, um in his way, you know, it might, might not have gone our way either. So, um, yeah. And even well, the way that bit... ball goes in is extraordinary. Like, it's <laughs> so oh, lucky. Yeah. So, the, yeah. you know, the way it could have hit him and, and gone behind, gone, gone to the side. So the angle and the spin of the ball, like everything was beautifully perfect. And uh, yeah, I think every Arsenal fan not too upset to see Martinez in that position, which is not, it's almost a bit sad given he, you know, <laughs> helped Arsenal. You know, you look back to that cup final and you're oh, absolutely about, about yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 up front, Martinez in goal. And now they sort of love to hate yeah. figures. There's a phrase, isn't there? I'm trying to remember what the phrase is of, of people who think they are like the the world revolves around them. I mean, like not just usual egomania, but like they they specifically think they are responsible, you know, for anything that happens. And I think he's definitely got that thing, Martinez. I think he thinks he won the the World Cup, you know, on his own pretty much. And he thought he could win that game, you know, against us by going for the goal. But just to, uh, to the the offside, I think Dan, there would have been an absolute outrage, wouldn't there, if they'd have disallowed that VAR with? Uh, yeah, it, I must admit. Was, I- 
I, I I didn't think about it at the time. I've sort of seen it again, half wondered about it. But it, as Josh says, it, no one really sort of made a big fuss of it. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's you know, it's into the history books. I mean, I was now. worried because they did talk, there was a VAR check and they didn't, they took a long time, the commentators, to realise that the VAR, ch- VAR check was almost over instantly. And they were like, they didn't, they didn't, they they were, oh yeah, they're checking it because they're in offside position. Did they interfere with play? And I was like, please God, no, you cannot disallow this goal. Um, but and then eventually they 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 realized they had the answer and the VAR was fine with it. Um and we should take a break though, shouldn't we? And um loads more to discuss. That game, about the next game, about the future. And uh, I want to ask a specific question uh after the break to Dan and Josh, but here's the break. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back from the break. Josh, during the break, listeners, Josh messaged me a, uh, a screenshot. Is this of the, um, mm, the same players hit. that are offside? Same here. Yeah, yeah. Um, he lo- looks quite bad from that, doesn't he, actually? It, it does. That's why I, I was always amazed not more was made of it at the, at the, at the time. A sort of, you know, it, Martinez crouching to try to see the ball. He's got Odegaard's bum in the way as he crouches. Because yeah, Odegaard, yeah. Odegaard's trying to also see if he needs to get out of the way. And then is just like, just about manages to get out of the way. So uh, I mean, the, yeah, the ball that's... is a few yards away from Jorginho's boot. But even so, it would only take a split second to get there. And you would have thought it would take a little bit longer for Nketiah and Odegaard to, to, to move from their position. But he, yeah, don't send that to Lee Mason. Whatever you do, no. keep it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Poor old Lee. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, I've, we'll, I've we'll take to feel it sorry for Lee Mason against us. No, never yeah. feel, never I've, feel sorry for referees. No. Ever. No. no. Okay. Harsh, harsh stand, But yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. I don't know. I mean, he's made more than one mistake. It wasn't just yeah. mistake. I, I don't. I must admit, I don't get fussed about VAR, VAR and, and, and bad refereeing at all. It, it's it. it it's who cares? Just get on with it. You know, there's going to be good decisions, bad decisions. Most of the VAR decisions are right. The odd one is wrong. Move on. You know, it's just that's just football, isn't it? <laughs> what a refreshing! What a refreshing! <laughs> but I, it, it just, I am not, I am not triggered by referees and, and VAR. It's just to me, it's just come on, let's just get on with it. I was triggered. I'm not. Off, I mean, I was triggered by him not remembering to draw the line. I definitely was triggered by that. That that was, uh, it, yeah, okay, but fair enough, Josh. Can we hear from how how are things at Arsenal at the moment, Dan? I mean, you're you're there so regularly working with the club. How's how's it? The atmosphere must be 
you know, pretty special in all regards. It is, as I say, look, I'm on his FA games, so I I don't um, I'm not as involved as I once was. But as I said at the at the start of the pod, look, I, I speak to people's, you know, specifically saying, look, you know, after this bad run, what are the players like? What are what are the managers like? What is the feeling? Are 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 our staff, whatever, what you know, do you sense, you know, people around the club a lot? And I just get a lot of positivity back. I mean, you know, you you came and saw us in the media room ahead of the Man City game, and we sit with a lot of sort of Arsenal personnel, a lot of the social media guys, a lot of the camera people were there, and we were just chatting in a few ex-players and whatever. And and there is a, a real sense of of you know, so much positive in terms of the play, in terms of how Mikel Arteta has handled absolutely everything. And I know that he can't get everything right. I remember at the start of the season when, you know, he didn't get the subs right against Manchester United. He's absolutely slaughtered for it. You know, oh, if you you should have just kept playing, it would have been this and the other. He's he's hardly, there's no missteps to, to use that sort of horrible modern phrase with him generally. He's He gets nearly everything right. His preparation is brilliant. brilliant. This unique season, the way that he's worked the plays, I think he's great. And, and it seems to have rubbed off on everyone. I, I think there's a lot of positivity. Um, and 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 one thing that's really annoyed me this season is is that people can say, well, if Arsenal don't win it this season, that's it. This is this is this is their time. This is their chance. Arsenal have got a great chance next season and the season after that. Mark my words. And I know that Alan Alka comes on the show a lot. And whatever price <laughs> Arsenal were at the start of the season to win the title, they will be shorter when the 23-24 season mm. starts. It's That is absolute fact. Arsenal will be in the mix next season. Without, it doesn't matter who buys who. doesn't matter what Chelsea do. doesn't matter how, what anybody else does. Arsenal have a great chance to win the title next season. Great chance this season. It's it just feels yeah. there is a real positive element. I think running through the club. and the fans. I don't know you, you. You guys feel it more than me. Emirates has been brilliant this season for, for for the atmosphere. Players are fed off it. That's that's an absolute certainty. It's you know yeah. West Ham. You know what well, you know the games that have gone behind the, the even towards the start of the season. The fans have been absolutely brilliant. It's it's been yeah. a real joy to be there, and and fans have played their part. And I think the players know that. That's absolutely true. Your point about his decision making, though, I, I completely agree because I think, like, you know, I'm, I'm still thinking every now and then I think, oh, should he have made more substitutions? Like on the in the Villa game, you know, Unai Emery's made what made five substitutions, didn't he? Like changed half the fucking team, and I don't think it worked. I mean, like one or two of those players who came on had had decent you know, spells, et cetera. But for me, it was like the difference between the two managers was quite stark there, I thought, because I feel like Emery is like a kind of doesn't want to lose a game and makes loads of changes to try and kind of maintain the status quo. And, you know, in fact, even being angry at the Martinez going up for the corner thing is very much him. Like, And I love him. I think he's, you know, I think he's a, a, a fantastic bloke. He looks, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I think he's, I love the way he says, you know, good evening and good morning and good day at the beginning of every interview and all that but I feel like he's not I feel like already he's very experienced manager Emery he's been you know he's managed loads of teams he managed, P- managed PSG for fuck's sake but I feel already Arteta feels like more of an elite manager than he does you know and he's making his decisions that he's making make more sense to me than the ones that and I know obviously he hasn't got as good a team but even then I feel like there's a there's a real he's definitely learnt those mistakes that he did make that you referred to and that, that play, fans got annoyed about, I feel he's learned from them. He's learned so well 
from from you know when he has done when he has made decisions that have backfired and now I feel like his 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 team selection on saturday you know i think probably a lot of fans thought a you know tierney might come in i think they thought maybe you know i don't know d- d- you know maybe inketi will be rested but in the end his team selection kind of completely worked however dodgy we were in the first half defensively particularly um you know people th- but zinchenko i thought played really well in the second half and Jorginho, which again fans Including myself, I would say well, at the very best were underwhelmed by that purchase in the chance I I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was absolutely brilliant against Villa. His passing through the middle, through the midfield, how he he finds space in the most congested area of the pitch in every game he's played for us to play a magnificent pass that often is the pass before an assist for a goal or at least a chance. I think he's fantastic. I, I'm absolutely stunned by how good he's been and how and and I feel like we're. Well, I was one of many fans who was completely wrong about that purchase because he's he's doing really well already. Josh or Dan? <laughs> well, I, I, with Jorginho, I, I I've always liked him as a player. I I wondered how he'd fit into Arsenal. I think that he's not he's not Thomas Party. He doesn't no. play the same way. No, uh, we all know that. He sits in front of the back four. Uh, he likes everything in front of him. He'll pick those passes. He makes Arsenal play a little bit differently. Maybe that's not such a bad thing or that Arsenal can play slightly differently because people say, well, after half a season, you've played every single team. Teams will work out how you play. Well, with Jorginho, that's slightly different. Um, he's got an awful lot of experience. Mikel Arteta has tried to sign him uh, previously. I think he fits in to the squad really well. I don't know if he knows anyone previously, but I, I know he's an Italian international, but he's Brazilian born and there's a bit of a Brazilian thing going on uh, at Arsenal. So I think I think that fits well. Um, Arteta obviously really rates him, really likes him. Casido may well have been first choice. That didn't happen. Um, I don't think it's the worst signing in the world. Part, if Party's fit, and I think Party will probably be fit for the weekend, then Jorginho steps back. I, you know, and, and you'd like to think that Jorginho is bought into it. I mean, when you score a goal like that, or not score a goal, but help to the old goal, it, you, you know, your, your sort of mini legend is set straight away almost, isn't it? Because if Arsenal do go on and win the title, then it's like, well, do you remember that one? And and you always want people yeah. to to contribute. It's who is the who is the Swedish um, midfielder, uh, Kim Kallström, who came with an injured yeah. back and didn't, and didn't do anything back. apart yeah. apart apart from scoring the penalty shootout in the FA Cup semi-final, didn't he? So it's like, you know, it's it's like you've just got those tiny little things sometimes where, I mean, Jorginho's contributed more than Kim Kallström has, but, you know, you need those little things. And I think with Europa League coming up, I know that it's been said, why don't, you you know, Jorginho and and Party play and and give Xhaka a bit of a rest. Xhaka had something very different. And I think I think I'd always play him if I could. But imagine if... Arsenal get someone, you know, a little bit sort of third rate in the Europa League round of 16, which could easily happen because there's some good teams, but there's some poor teams in there as well. I think Mikel Arteta will, will in that certainly the last 16 game, will rotate and maybe um, experiment in a little bit. So, yeah, I, I think it, I, I can see why he, you know, the signing divided fans a little bit, but I think he's going to turn out to be a good one, I hope. There's definitely been positive comments that have come from the other players, hasn't there, in terms of what he has brought around the place over the last few weeks. I think Ramsdale was 
speaking after the game, even on on Saturday, and referencing about you know how how helpful you know his mindset has been to some of the um, younger players and being able to turn to someone who has been there and and done it. So you know that was a. Uh, that was looking misty. I mean, the, the downside on the deal was never going to be high. I remember, Boyd, we did our podcast on the eve of the transfer window, didn't we? And there was yeah. rumours were starting yeah. to circulate. And we kind of concluded, well, you know, he's going to be on an 18-month deal. How badly can it go wrong? He'll be on our bench. And if we need him, we need million. him. And look, we've, yeah. we've needed him more than we yeah. hoped in relation to Thomas Partey being out. But... You know, he's probably had a you know that that performance on on Saturday, you know, was was so, you know, encouraging. Um, and you know, Dan, you you mentioned it there about just you know grabbing this opportunity while we while we're top of the league, and it it is it, it, it's bonkers to have turned around to someone in August and said Arsenal are going to be two points clear after th- this stage of a season and a game in hand. And they're going to be without Gabriel Jesus for a couple of months. You know, the one signing that everyone felt was going to be most crucial. And the one player that everyone would have gone, if we're going to lose anyone, please let it not be him. Let him be the first one that stays fit. And then Thomas Partey is is quite possibly number two on the list. And, and we're missing him at the moment. So, yeah, all the more remarkable. And it's, it's an opportunity. I'm just looking. I just brought up his stats and I should know this really. But Jorginho has won the Champions League, the Europa League. The FA Cup, the League Cup, but not the Premier League. Yeah, so right. he needs one for the full set. Yeah, that's interesting. I would have, I would have sworn my, I, I would have absolutely assumed he won the Premier League. I know. I might have to triple check. I might have to triple check that. It is, it is wiki after all. But he's also yeah. won the Nations League and the European Championship, obviously. But, but um, yeah, but this you know, is I, what happens. This is why he's come. City of you know over the last five, and Liverpool took the other. So. You know, that's uh, yeah, a very, very yeah. good player. So, um, yeah. Georgie, we haven't even mentioned your shirt, Boyd. Are you are you getting a Jorginho no. 20 shirt? No, 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 no. It was, it'll be... Um, Cozy Jubri, you were busy. Cozy Jubri. Cozy Jubri before... before um, before Jorginho, but he has won me over as if, as if I, you know, as if that's of any importance. But I think he's won over the fans more importantly. We haven't even mentioned Saka's goal, which he took brilliantly. I mean, Week after week, game after game, he shows what I think he's like. I, I, I might mention this a few weeks ago. I think he's one of the best white players in the world right now. I just I think he's, he's one of the best players in the world. One best he's, players in the world, sure. He's, he's 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 one of the best players in the Premier League, and the Premier League with you know without championing the Premier League best best league. It is the best league in the world. It is the European Super League, isn't it? It is. You know, it, it it is where all the money is. Yeah. Nearly all the best players are. La Liga's falling off a cliff at the moment. You know, Serie A has got no money whatsoever. It, it, you know, the Premier League is where it is. So if it is where it is, who are your best players from your best teams? Well, Arsenal are top of the league and Saka is Arsenal's best player. Ergo, is he not one of the best players yeah. in the world? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Um, but he, no. like I've seen, you know... Go on, Josh. Sorry. No, it was, it was such an out, outstanding um, finish, and you know, so sweetly struck. Um, and you you do feel that even in moments of the game where you know he, is he quiet for 10, 15 minutes, he's still he's still the one that can that can yeah, make a he's, difference. He's, he's was... absolutely fantastic. He's he's just an unbelievable player, and he's got to be one of the best players in the world at the moment. Because that role, right, as, as a wide, I mean, the reason I mentioned the wide player, you know, we've seen so many 
great wide players uh, over the years at Arsenal. I'm going back, back to Brian Marwood, you know, Freddie Lundberg, blah, you know, um, Theo, Theo Walcott, Anders, Anders Limpar, you know, um, I, I, I think Theo, I've, I, you know, I, I've, during the time we've been doing this podcast, I was a huge fan of Theo's because I always think the wide player is the most exciting player on your team in some ways, you know, the strikers, sure, but if you've got a, a dazzling wide player who can dribble, who can take on players and beat players and create chances and score goals, etc. But it strikes me that all, throughout all of those players, and particularly Theo, had loads of ups and downs and loads of periods where, you know, they couldn't beat players and they somehow didn't get hold of the ball enough. He, every single game, week in, week out, Saka is doing it, um, launching these incredible attacks. You can't get the ball off him. Um, it's just, and he's scoring goals, you know, scoring scoring brilliant goals. It's And he never gets injured. And he was he, he nearly got injured, didn't he, against Villa? And everybody thought, oh, he's going gonna, gonna to be taken off any minute because he clearly was hurting. They strapped him up. And he was even better than ever. He was even better than he was. I mean, that's the the the, the worry is the amount of. I mean, we we joked about Bernardo Silva playing left back, you know. And if you want to be cynical, he played left back to kick Bukayo Saka, and then after he got yeah. booked, he moved to right midfield. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> coincidence? Maybe yeah. I actually yeah. played. I think City played better when he moved anyway. But you know, Saka gets treatment every single game. He gets scythed down. Every single game. He picks up a lot of yellow cards, you know. He's got six yellow cards this season in all competitions. He's got 18 goal involvements, 10 goals in all competitions. And he shows in every game, as you were saying, he, he's a winger, but he shows in every single mm. game. Um, and he takes penalties and you think, well, Jorginho's arrived here. He's He's got a happy knack of scoring penalties, but Saka's still on penalties, which is great. He takes all the responsibility. He hasn't missed a penalty since that um, Euro uh, 2020 final. I think he's such a fantastic player. He, he's he never shies away from responsibility. He's involved in everything, um, and in every single game, you know you're going to get a 10 or 15 minute period where he just lights yeah. up the fixture. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, boy, I, I don't want to sort of go back, not in chronological order of of how things happen, but a, a lot of people are obviously wondering: Did you make kickoff for the Man City game because you had a big dinner? Yes. That you yes. were arranging, you know, well, you, funnily enough, Derma, yeah. some, some big A-listers. Did you make kickoff? It's a good it's a good question, Josh. And absolutely we made it. And do you know why though in the end? In the end, it was just me and Derma. It was a it was a it was a romantic dinner for two. Um and uh it was the day after Valentine's Day. Some might say this was the real Valentine's Valentine's Day uh, night. I'm sure his lovely wife Dee would uh, would understand. And uh, yeah, we had a lovely dinner, and because it was just the two of us, we managed to get make sure we finished in time and got to the game with plenty of time to spare. So much time to spare that he could stash his um, motorbike helmet in the, in the media centre and it was all good. It was all fine. Yeah. We had a lovely, fantastic time. Um, fantastic. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. you made all, it. The only letdown was the bloody defeat in the end. But I'm, but as I say, just, but to come full circle, it, it feels like that defeat feels like it's been wiped from our from our collective minds, you know. And like the no, Josh, Josh is well, no, no only because of what Dan alluded to earlier. Just even what what a point would have meant in this title race of of keeping of yeah. keeping them further away. Like we can't get that back, you know. The the you know victory on Saturday is not quite worth what victory against Man City would be worth. That's a, you know an obvious thing to say. So yeah. But we can feel feel a hell of a lot better than the. How, than let, let me ask you. I, I'm very confident. I've said this an awful lot, and I'm boring people to death with it. Do you think Arsenal are going to win the title? No. 
Not, <laughs> not right now. Yeah, no. I don't either. No. Why, why not? I, I just, I, I, I just think we'll come, you know, second. Um, sadly, I think it'll be agonisingly close. Do you know, I'm already looking ahead to those fixtures, and we've got um, obviously City away. I think we got we got Newcastle away, um, and they just. I t- I'm ha- maybe I'm just I'm haunted by too many years of uh, of too mm. many sort of late um, you know it collapses even that trip to St James's last year in very different circumstances trying to get fourth um, I don't know and then also I think because I thought we were going to win the league about three three four weeks ago and then the pain of going through the last few weeks maybe it's easy to tell <laughs> ourselves I don't think. I don't think we're gonna we're gonna win it, but you know, there's every rational argument to explain why we will, and I, I totally. This is it. There is totally. This is this totally is the point, yeah. Boyd. But but that, no, I I I I don't think we will win it either. I think we'll come very very close. I just think isn't the rational? There's a reason why the bookies have got them very slight favourites. It's, 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 it's tiny, and if Arsenal win tiny. their game in hand, Arsenal will be favourites. They will. You're right. But it's a tiny, tiny thing. But we've still got to play them at their ground. Doesn't matter. We've stuck. Well, it, I mean, it just I doesn't matter. Your, but that, it boy, really doesn't forget. matter. It doesn't it matter if Arsenal lose that game. It just doesn't matter. Boys, don't forget yeah. that the fact we have to go to Man City where it is factored into these odds. You know, so we're oh, I know, I know. Really yeah, of course. Uh, right. Um, but, but yeah. okay. Sure. But, but I mean Leicester, we've got to go to yeah, Leicester and win. Leicester, That's what we've got yeah, to worry I mean, about. Yeah, I mean Leicester now. on Leicester on Saturday is, is is worrying enough. Though I, I again, who knows? Was it good that they got in the end quite heavily, easily beaten by by Tottenham? Or but I don't know. Who knows? But um, my point is, Dan, in terms of answering your question, I think logic says their squad is worth one point one billion, and they have a world class player in every single position, whereas we just don't. And if we have one more injury, you know, I know we, you know, what to a key player. If Zaka does get injured, what is the salute? You know, what is the answer there? I don't know. There I don't no... know where. I don't know where you get the worth from. Is it just? Is it just how much they paid for them? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One point. Well, how much did Arsenal yeah. play for Saka, and how much is he? We're worth? about half that. Oh well, oh you know, you yeah. know how I much mean, did Arsenal worth. play for Martinelli? How much did Arsenal play for well, Smith exactly. Rowe and Ketchum? That's so why. On. Look, I t- I take your point. Look, I think City potentially have, got a better better squad, but Arsenal have got a better eleven. I think. Really they definitely have that. a better squad. I'm not potential. They might easily have a better yeah. squad. I mean, I don't think the pro- that's that's for me. It's that it's that that's the problem for me. Not the problem. That is the that's what will be in the end. The difference is that if you go down, if if one or two or three of our players need to be rested all get injured the drop down from their levels is much bigger than the drop from man city man city you know can swap out grealish for foden you know that as they you know they're them both playing that it's just it's just a what amares is on the fucking bench you know it's just like it's insane i think they have an insane level there's a reason why you know their financial doping or alleged financial doping has happened because they've got they've created this ridiculous squad and if we do beat them by the way it will be a phenomenal victory for right over wrong for <laughs> soul, a soulful football good over evil who does things correctly <laughs> It does things good over evil, exactly. It really will be, which will make it all the more sweeter if it does happen. I just can't at the moment, in my mind's eye, think conceive of that actually happening. But then when do you the think way, what, what, conceive... what what's gonna make you believe? What's gonna make me believe? We've still got to play United away, have we? Is that right? No. No. Um what, what what's what has he got to get to for you to think, you know what? Well, if we lost to it's United get... away, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I forgot. Oh, yeah, that was one of our defeats. Yeah, Has it literally got to be, you know, 
Five points clear, two games, two games left. Yeah, basically. Seven, yeah. seven <laughs> points clear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mathematically, it has to be beyond doubt. No, no. It's just Boys a few worried about a mass brawl in the penultimate game, a bit like yeah, Old Trafford yeah. in the early yeah. 90s and being docked yeah. points. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it will be so extraordinary and astonishing, fantastic. So yeah, I mean, I'm partly kind of you know gearing myself. That's my my method of supporting Arsenal is to think of the worst possibility, and then when it comes around, it's it's even more brilliant. But we could do it. Don't get me wrong. We could. I just I just in the end when it comes down to it, here's a big here's another question though. While we're at it, before we go on to our final predictions, is are Man United are now three points behind City and five points behind us? Oh, they, I, 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 I questioned this on Twitter. I asked the question on Twitter yesterday: Are Man United in the title race? Surely they are. I mean, mathematically, they absolutely are. I know they've got loads of fixtures, and they don't play another. Someone pointed out they don't play another league game. I think for three, we'd have played three league games before their next league game. Right now, fine, but they still could easily overhaul. In the, you know, it doesn't take much for them to. You know, overhaul Man City or even us, the horror. Imagine the horror. But they're definitely in the running, aren't they, Dan? Yeah, well, I think there's what, 10, 12 to 1 with the bookmakers, which suggests that they are. They're playing really well. They've played a lot of fixtures. They've won more games than anyone else, I think, haven't they, this season across all the competitions, simply because they're still in all of them. Um, and they yeah. have got a big squad. Um, and I think they can deal with it. But whenever I've seen them play recently, and it's only generally been highlights, I've seen the odd sort of, I think I saw the Manchester derby or maybe half of it. Um, they've they've never been in control of games. Uh, you know, even I think at the weekend against Leicester, you know, you read match reports, you look at the clips of De Gea making the saves. They've never really been in control of football matches. I think, I'm not suggesting that they can't win it, but I think they'd be lucky to. Really lucky to. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think they will win it. By the way, I just but they're definitely in contention. They've definitely fought their way up into yeah. contention. That's I think that's saying. fair. I so, think that's a fair shout. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I've got confused between um, uh, uh, them playing Leicester and Spurs playing Leicester. Obviously, Spurs played West Ham. Anyway, Josh, any uh, you, do you have any fear at all about Man United, or is, is it, or is it? Am I getting worried over nothing? Because by the way, being beaten by Man United would be even worse than being beaten by City. I mean, <laughs> Um, look, Marcus Rashford is just playing on such a level where you just wonder how yeah. sustainable that right. is. Um, but he, he seems to just be, you know, be doing it week in, week out. And if that does carry on, um, then they're going to win a lot of a lot of games. I I don't see them overtaking either City or Arsenal come the end of a season. Um, but you know, they're I mean, they're also way ahead of where people expected them. Probably, I mean, never mind where where we are. Um, the fact that they seem nailed on for the Champions League and it's one of Tottenham, Newcastle, Liverpool, throw Fulham in there if you want. Um, you know, going for that fourth spot is certainly a surprise, so credit to them. But no, I don't quite see United being able to to, to challenge for the, for the title. Um, and it is interesting. Obviously, they've got this gap because of the... Carabao Cup final and you know we'll we'll play this weekend then we've obviously got Everton and then we we've got Bournemouth on the Saturday so if we can you know put a load of points on the board then you know I think we'll all feel uh too far ahead of Man United hopefully yeah yeah okay let's do it let's predict what's going to happen on so it's another Saturday three o'clock kickoff which is quite uh unusual and quite a juicy game it's weird that this game is on TV isn't it but you know fair enough um, what do you think is going to happen, Dan? 
I think Arsenal will win. I think it might be a bit chaotic. Leicester have found a bit of form. They were good against United for the first 20 minutes, I'm told. And they beat Spurs 4-1 prior to that. They beat Villa 4-2 prior to that. Anyone can do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, I think Arsenal will win 3-1. 3-1, nice. Josh? Yeah, this is uh, Ramsdale, of course, returning to the scene of perhaps his best ever save for yeah. Arsenal. Although I thought really... the save against Sessignon at Spurs this season was unbelievably good. But yeah, you're right. You're right with the Leicester game I've seen. No, uh, you're, you're right to point out Sessignon. I was an exceptional one. I, I just, the angle that we had as an away section at, at Leicester for that um, was was really something. Um, I agree. I think that, you know, Leicester's recent games have all pretty much, you know, had had goals um, in them, you know, in whichever way it's been. They obviously, you know, that that victory at Villa and then the good one against Tottenham. Um, they were good against United, could have easily been ahead. De Gea was, you know, was ex- was exceptional. So I agree. I think I think there are goals here. Uh, I'm going to say 3-2 to Arsenal. Boyd. Yeah. Um, yeah, there definitely will be goals, wouldn't there? I mean, they did start off really well against against Manu and then they ended up kind of collapsing quite quite badly. What do I think is going to happen? It's a tough one. I might go for a tool, a slightly uh, annoying tool draw. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Dan's looking a sconce. Literally <laughs> no. shaking his head. Look, Arsenal don't draw games this season. I think that is true. We have drawn hardly any games. Three games yeah. we've drawn all season. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm just, it's- again, I'm just... um. Stealing myself for, for a disappointment, Josh. It, it wasn't a great weekend for Leicester in terms of sort of the Premier League table because you know they no. sort of felt like last year we were sort of looking okay on twenty four points and then just you know some some interesting results obviously uh, with with teams below them picking up wins they are still still having to slightly look over their shoulder even if we think it's a fairly unlikely scenario they'll they'll be relegated so um you know that table could look not in a great situation come the end of the weekend for them. I feel like Leicester and Tottenham have had similar seasons in my mind. Like, you know, they've both been quite, you know, up and down, but up and down. Tottenham are in the top four. Tottenham are in the top four. How are they in the top four? How are they? It's so ridiculous. It's crazy how they're in the top four. I cannot believe they're in the top four. And Leicester are 14th. It seems mad. It seems completely mad. Anyway, I hope my prediction is absolutely bullshit, nonsense, and uh, and incorrect. Dan, as ever, it's been an absolute joy to have you on. My pleasure. Thanks for an having inspiration me. inspiration to us all. And uh, cheers, Josh. You have to the answer. Seriously. <laughs> and cheers, Josh. And we'll be back next week. Bye. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.